the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much again for listening and also for telling all your friends and recommending the show. I really appreciate that. And I'm also really seeing that you're taking advantage of a lot of the things that I have for you on the website. And so I want to encourage you to continue to use those helps and to really make sure that you are able to take in as much as you can as you are working on being the best version of yourself. And thank you so much for doing that. We are really changing the world one person at a time, as they say. So today I wanted to talk about something. It may kind of feel like a mishmash, you know, of a show today. But I wanted to talk about this idea of, you know, do you want to teach or do you want to be taught? Or do you want to lead or do you want to follow? Now, in, in all of those, humility is required. So we need to be humble if we're teaching. We need to be humble if we're being taught. If we're being led, we need to be humble. If we're following, we need to be humble. So I'm responsible for what I teach, and I'm accountable for what I am taught. And teaching the right thing, and am I learning the right thing? So I'm responsible for what I teach, and I'm responsible for what I learn. So I want you to think about that, that sometimes... We just kind of blithely take in information, and we don't really consider whether or not we should be taking it in, or whether we should be doing what we're doing. And so again, do you want to teach, or do you want to be taught? So do you want to lead, or do you want to follow? Now, both of those work simultaneously, and we want to be responsible for doing them both that I lead and I follow, 
I teach, and I'm, and I'm also teachable. So we are teaching people what to be or how not to be all the time. And it may not be, you know, like school, but it's the way we interact with each other in public. It's the way we either dismiss something someone says or we take hold of it and say, hey, let's talk about that more. That's a great idea. So either way, we are teaching people what to be or we're teaching them what not to be. So every time you act in an unsavory manner or you're brutal or ugly or you give license to other people to do the same, and I'm not saying that you're responsible for the whole world, but I'm saying is there are weaker people and there are stronger people. And most of them that are strong really need to practice that strength does not really help the weak if we are lording it over them. We want to really help someone be the best version of themselves. So if you will rise up here, you know, it, it's supposed to, it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. And we've talked about this, you know, the greatest comeback. And so we realize that even if we fall, if we rise, we're a hero. And I want you to think about this, that we want to remind ourselves that we are seen even if you don't feel like you're being seen. So all mammals learn by watching, listening, copying, mimicking. They learn through trial and error, education, risk-taking, failures, and inspiration. Creative people watch, you know, they mimic and their self-esteem rises because maybe they feel like they have a sense of belonging if they do the same thing that the group does. So I'm always wanting to remind you that your life matters, whether you feel it or whether it's being reinforced by someone. So even if you don't feel seen, you are. And think about how it feels when one of your icons fall. See, we all are humans. So you can choose to resist what you see, but you can't, you know, choose what others see or how they judge it. So we want to take advantage of the fact that we are teachable people. We just need to be in charge of what we're learning. So we are created to be teachable. And I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to be taught? And again, do you want people to copy or mimic or learn what you're doing? See, there are some behaviors that I've had in my life and some that I certainly still have that I don't want other people to mimic it or to learn it. I don't want to teach them maybe something that I'm doing because maybe the thing that I'm doing, I'm trying to unlearn. And this is why we want to make sure that we're not allowing ourselves tacit permission to do something that we know is not right because maybe someone that we revere is doing it. So just because someone that we revere or look up to is doing it doesn't make it necessarily right. So we need to be working through humility. And I need to be knowing and understanding that I'm responsible for what I teach. And I'm accountable for what I've been taught. That means that I've been, if I have been taught incorrectly, I'm accountable to learn it the right way. So am I teaching the right thing? 
And am I learning the right thing? And am I responsible for what I teach? Am I responsible for what I learn? So let me give you an example here. One of the things that I struggle with in my life, and everybody pretty much knows this, is being on time. <laughs> it just, you know, my parents say probably the only thing you did early was be born because I was, I was er- born early. And then they say, but that's probably the only thing that you've really done on time. And so I have a tendency to be late. And it isn't because I'm lazy. And it isn't because I'm disrespectful of people or don't think that they matter. It's because I get really involved in what I'm doing and I can lose track of time. Or I can kind of push it. I can say, well, you know, I'll be in a session. I'll say, we, got, we only have like five minutes. And I'm like, okay, let's do a little bit more. We can do five minutes. And the five minutes turns into 10 minutes, right? So now I'm probably late for my next session. Now, thankfully, I have very kind clients and they know that I work on this. And so if I wanted to, I could kind of justify it by saying, but I'm still really helping these people. Mm, You know, okay, maybe. But actually, I'm pushing the limits all the time if I'm not careful. And I need to remind myself that even if it works out okay, it still isn't necessarily a trait that I want people to copy. So if I'm always going late, am I giving tacit permission to clients that, you know, it's okay if, y'all, if you're late? Now, see, I have a husband. He's pretty factual as a person, and he's never late <laughs> unless he's with me, right? <laughs> so, so I've had to really learn how to do this because I, I want to honor him and because I want to respect him. Now, he's always gracious with me. Because I have a tendency to be putting things together at the very last minute. And I don't know what my phobia is about starting early. I'm, I'm not sure what that's about. But I know that I'm responsible for what I teach. So if I teach people it's okay to be late, is that something I want to really teach them? So am I teaching the right thing? Am I learning the right thing? Do I want people to learn that I guess if you have a good excuse, you can be late? I don't want to teach people that. So I talk frequently about this. So I want to say to myself, I am responsible for what I teach. And I'm also responsible for what I learn. And so I can choose to unlearn something. Now, that may seem strange to you. But if you really think about it, we can unlearn some things. Think about people that you know, come from Europe, and they have to learn how to drive in in the United States. Because in Europe, it's opposite. They drive on the left, we drive on the right, right? We drive on the right, they drive on the left. And so what you want to think about is, wow, I can unlearn something and relearn it in a new way. So we're teaching people what to be, or teaching them how not to be. That could be through criticism. It could be through isolation. It could be just not giving them any attention, ignoring them, ridiculing what they do. There's lots of ways that we can teach people the wrong things. So I want you to remember this, that mammals learn by watching, listening, copying, or mimicking. They learn through trial and error. 
They get educated this way. They do risk-taking. They understand failure and inspiration. So creative people like you and I watch and mimic and learn from other people. So we either learn what we want to be like or we learn what we don't want to be like. But it's never tacit permission to be an indecent person. So it's your choice of what kind of person you want to be. So every time you act in an unsavory manner, or you're brutal or ugly, you actually are giving tacit permission for people to do the same thing. Now, hopefully, people that are experiencing that have agency over their own life and would say, you know, she acts like that, but I am not going to respond in kind. I don't want to be that kind of a person. So even though she's doing it and people are tolerating it, doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, yay, now I can act like that too. So we really want to make sure that what we are teaching, what we are learning, is really helping us be the best version of who we can really truly be. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of do you want to be taught or do you want to teach? Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining in today. And also, I always want to tell you how much I appreciate that you let your friends, your family know about this show, because this is really one of the ways that we can change our behavioral language, if that makes sense to you. You know, it's kind of like in families, we all have these things that, you know, we know what it means, but if an outsider comes in, they don't really know what it means. And so this is what you want to think about, is that as mammals, we learn by watching, by listening, by copying or mimicking, and we learn by trial and error. Now, education also is helpful, and many of us have that, but whether or not we actually walk out our education, well, that's something we may need to look at. So we also learn by risk-taking, and we learn by failure, and we learn through inspiration, so we watch people, we mimic them, their self-esteem rises because they feel a sense of belonging. And I'm wanting you to think about the fact that you will then remind yourself that life matters. Whether you feel it or whether you're reinforced by it, even if you aren't seen, even if you don't want to be seen. See, think about how important you really are, even though you may not be standing on a proverbial stage, you may not have what you see, think would be an audience, but we are all watching each other all the time. And so think about what it feels like when one of your icons fall. You know, you really revered this pastor, or you really revered this you know, football player, or, you know, thought he was really a family man, or you really revered this particular, you know, teacher or professor, and you find out what's going on in their private life. You know, and all of a sudden, if you're not careful, then you have, you, you will have a tendency to want to throw away everything you learned from this person because of their mistake. So we want to be healthy adults that are able to recognize that there's nobody here on earth that is perfect, 
So we have to be discerning enough to understand how we integrate whatever we learn from them without taking in what their mistake was. So we don't, actually, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So we're created to be teachable. And I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to be taught? And again, do you want people to copy or mimic or learn from what you're doing? Now, see, there are some things I do want people to copy that I do because it's helpful. There are things that I want people to mimic. There are things that I want them to learn through the way I do something. But trust me, that does not mean I want them to learn everything about me and do everything I do because I'm still a work in process. And I'm still allowed grace from God as I am truly working on becoming the person that he originally envisioned for me to be. So I need to have grace for myself, grace for others. And we think about what this really means. We have a responsibility to our society. You know, and this is rarely talked about anymore. And it makes me quite sad. Now, I'm sure you've heard the saying, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And he, you know, is he the stronger... You know, the, the stronger you are, the less vulnerable maybe you are to learning and assimilating some things you shouldn't be. But we have to recognize that people are teaching all the time simply by walking out their life. You are doing the same. Nobody's as anonymous as they would like to be. And so we have to take advantage of recognizing that, wow, instead of doing it, that bad behavior and learning from it, I can see that someone else did it and it didn't work. So wisdom tells me I'm not going to do it because it doesn't work. So when we think about how we are actually helping one another, I, now this is going to sound like a real stretch or reach, okay? But there's this old song and it's called Hold On Loosely, and it was by 38 Special. Now, I'm absolutely dating myself, but I love this song, and the lyrics are so amazing. And this is what it says. It says, you see it all around you, good, loving, gone bad. Usually it's too late when you realize what you had. And my mind goes back to a girl I left some years ago who told me, just hold on loosely, but don't let go. If you cling too tightly... You're going to lose control. Your baby needs someone to believe in and a whole lot of space to breathe in. It's so damn easy when your feelings are such. To overprotect, to love too much. And my mind goes back to the girl I left some years ago who told me, just hold on loosely, but don't let go. If you cling too tight, you're going to lose control. She needs someone to believe in. And he needs a lot of space to breathe in. Don't let him slip away. And how about this? You sentimental fool. Don't let your heart get in the way. You see it all around you, good love and gone bad. And it's usually too late when you realize what you had. So hold on loosely. Don't let go. Don't cling too tightly. You might lose control. And so that's an old, old song, but I love those lyrics because you know what it says? It's talking about acceptance. 
It's talking about not being codependent with someone and getting all of your worth and, and your good feelings from being with that person or copying that person or trying to emulate that person. See, I want you to learn from others. I want you to learn what to do or what not to do. And I want you to be a good coach for the friends and the family that you are interacting with and the people at work. I want you to show a better way. And I'm telling you, it may seem like I'm giving you an extra, I don't know, chore or something. But what I've come to find is if I think about this and I'm judicious about my life, and I really think to myself, I really am affecting these people, even though I maybe I'm not being looked at or think I'm being seen or they don't even know me. But what's going to happen is they're either going to have a good experience from me or a bad experience from me. If they have a bad experience from me, then someone's got to fix the bad experience I just gave them. And so we really can change our environment simply by the way that we act. So when we think about codependency, you know, we've, I've taught on this several times on this show, and I want you to think about that it's really about relationship. And, you know, God is the master of relationship. He's the ultimate relator, and he knows how to relate perfectly. He doesn't lose himself in the process nor is he controlled or anxious or worried when he has to say no. He's sure when he says no. Although, as kind as he is, we know that sometimes he w he's willing to negotiate. So we know that God is not codependent, but he is the creator of relationships, and as a result, he lives to relate. This is one of the primary reasons he created humans. So humans are made to relate. They become very sick and actually can die if they're not relating to other humans. This is where we get failure to thrive. So this is what I want you to think about. We're going to come back in this next segment, and we're going to talk more about this idea of failure to thrive and living out your life fully and completely. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining in to, uh, and listening to the show today. And I want to make sure that you also go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And my name is actually spelled phonetically perfect. It's C-I-N-T-H-I-A, Cynthia Hyatt, H-I-E-T-T. And you can get lots of good helps there. And we have different um, handouts that you can download. We have little mini books that you can download. And we have some things that correspond with the shows and some study guides. So if you want to do this with friends, you can listen to the show and then go through the study guide as well. So we're talking kind of in a hodgepodge manner today because I started you really understanding this whole idea about relationship and, and really whether or not you want to teach or be taught. And so if you want to be taught, are you willing to learn? It's similar to, do you want to lead or to follow? And we know that if people want to lead, they also need to know how to follow. And that humility is a requirement for both. 
So when we think about this idea of how we are made and what we are go- how we are going to walk this out, one of the conflicts that we have is we may get into this idea of codependency. And we've, we've taught on codependency several times. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so what we have to understand is that humans are made to relate. And they become very sick and they can even die if they don't relate. And this is where we get failure to thrive. So relating doesn't always mean positive. See, you can have a very, very negative relationship and it keeps you surviving. I'm not sure if it helps you to thrive, but it keeps you, you surviving. So what we find is that a codependent relationship, you know, may keep us alive, but they do not cause us to thrive. And see, codependency is basically an issue of identity. The, the issue says, if you approve of me, then I feel good about me. If you don't approve of me, then I feel bad about me, and I get anxious and upset, and I need to fix something, and I need to be perfect, and et cetera, et cetera. So w- what we want to think about is when we are working on these relationship things of recognizing that I am seen even if I don't feel that I'm seen. It means that I have a responsibility to the human race because they're watching me. Even if I don't know it, people are watching. I'm sure you've seen people in the grocery store and you've seen someone steal a piece of fruit and you think, what the heck are they doing, right? Or you see someone be really mean to their spouse or their kids. You know, or you go to church and you see how someone's dressed and maybe you want to judge how they're dressed. And so we're either being taught, or we're teaching people how to be. Now, we still have agency, so we can resist what we don't want to learn. We can. But this is how cultures are created and how cultures are divided. So, like I said earlier, mammals learn by watching, by listening, by copying, or mimicking. And so we want to recognize that we also are really giving, you know, this idea of who we are. We're telling, pe- we're telling the world that who I am and what I'm doing is okay. I approve of it because I'm doing it. So we have to ask ourselves, is that what I want to teach people? You know, if, I, if I'm one of those people that, you know, don't want to wait at the yellow light so I speed through the red light, do I want to teach people that I'm doing that? Is that a healthy behavior? Or do I want to say to myself, you know, I'm teaching people all the time. Maybe I need to engage my conscience more often and recognize that just because I'm not on a stage, it doesn't mean I'm not being seen and that we have a responsibility to our community, to our family, to our friends, whether or not we're giving tacit permission for something that we know is abominable or whether we are being stuck up, conceited, haughty, rejecting, or whether we are being codependent and just doing what, any, what everybody tells us to do so that we hope we're liked. And see, this is where we want to say to ourselves, hey, how can I be that best version of me? And how can I do this in a way that inspires people? Even if I may have to break some, some societal rules, maybe I have to reinvent myself, Maybe I just have to think more deeply and more judiciously about what I'm accepting 
and whether or not I want to be that kind of a person. Because we always have a choice. We may not get to have what we choose, but we always have a choice. And so we can either accept or we can reject. So when we think about these things, I want you to consciously say to yourself, how affected am I by my, all my surroundings, by my people, by my work buddies? And think about that. And we're going to come back in the last segment. We're going to finish this. And this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining in. If you're just now tuning in, please make sure that you go to any of your favorite podcast servers and download the podcast Conversations with Cynthia. And you can listen to them as well on the radio and also on any of your favorite podcast servers. So thank you again for joining today. And this is our last segment for this particular show. And we are talking about this idea of, you know, simply the choices that we have and how we make them. And so we we ask ourselves, do we want to teach or do we want to be taught? Because everything I'm doing is either teaching someone what not to do or I'm teaching them what to do. And so if I'm being taught, then I'm having to be on the other end of it saying, do I want to learn that? Do I want to learn how to talk that way? Do I want to learn how to act that way? Do I want to learn how to do my money that way or drive that way? And so either way, we are either teaching people or we are being taught something. And we need to make sure that we have that ability to choose. And say, you know, even if I'm allowed to do that, I don't know if I even want to. Maybe I want to, but I know I shouldn't. And so these are the types of people that you're going to want to hang around with because they're kind of on top of themselves and they still really practice humility. And if you were, if you were listening to the um, segment earlier and you heard me talk about that song, it's a very old song, um, Hold On Loosely. And it's quite an amazing, insightful song because what it really talks about is this idea of hold on loosely, but don't let go. And if you cling too tightly, you might lose control. And so hold on loosely. And I think this is one of the ways that God would love us to understand is that he holds on loosely. If he didn't, he would be controlling a whole lot of things that we are supposed to be controlling. So one of the ways that he stays loving us, stays friendly with us, right, and stays, you know, as our best friend, is that he kind of holds on loosely. He doesn't depend on us for his happiness. He doesn't get codependent with us, right? And so he doesn't try to make us be something that he knows that we could be or should be. But he simply accepts where we're at in whatever we're doing. And so we have in our, in our world today this strange phenomenon of people not understanding gender and struggling with gender. And we have had this with men and women since kind of the beginning of time. 
And so what I want you to think about, I, I came across a woman, and she certainly defied all the, the um, normal kind of norms that women did. And she did it in such a way that she was so revered and respected by men. And I wish that we could learn some of what she does and what she did. And this is Deborah. And she was a judge and a warrior way back in Bible times. And she was one of the rulers of the Hebrews and the only female leader in the Old Testament. And so these rulers were called judges. And that's a role that originated back when Moses appointed helpers to assist him in resolving arguments among the people. So judges sought guidance from the Lord by praying and meditating before proclaiming their ruling on a matter. And many of the judges were also thought as prophets, you know, who articulated a word from the Lord. Well, Deborah would sit under a palm tree in, in the town of Bethel in a, in a hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites would line up for her to rule on a matter. Now, why is this so amazing? This is in, in biblical times. Women were not considered scholars, leaders, teachers, anything. Women, in many ways, were always seen in a one-down position. So this is how God defies male and female logic all the time. He said, no, I like Deborah. She's got a good brain. I gave her a good mind. So I'm going to make her a ruler. So when Deborah received instructions from God, she called her friend Barak, and he's an Israelite warrior, to bring 10,000 troops up to Mount Tabor to attack Sisera. This is Jabin's commander of troops. And Barak responded by saying to Deborah, well, if you will go with me, I will go. If not, I won't go. So this is how powerful this woman was, is that the main, you know, this is like the chief, this is the general, says, hey, I'll go if you go, but if you won't go, I'm not going. And in the next verse, Deborah agrees to go to battle with Barak and, and the troops, but shares with him. She says, listen, there will be no glory for you in the course of your, your taking, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Now, she still wasn't disrespectful, but she was very powerful. And this is fascinating when you think the judge and warrior Deborah went off to battle with Barak, and Sisera fell at the hands of a woman. And this is where we want to recognize, wow, what is it about this woman? Because in today's world, we are having such a struggle figuring out how to be powerful women. And one of the things that we can learn from Deborah is that she was never disrespectful to any men. So she was always confident, and she was sure and she was still polite, and she was still kind, and she was amazingly beautiful. Amazingly beautiful. And the fact that these hundreds, thousands of men would put their trust in a woman, leading them into battle, tells you what women are able to do. And the reason this is so important is I wish every woman acted this way, that they first got the idea from God 
not from themselves, not to make themselves feel better, not to compete with men, but to say, God, what do you want me to do? Because I can do things that men can't do. I can, I can move mountains that men couldn't even start to move. I can open doors that are always closed to men. And so this is part of, you know, Deborah being fully woman, fully female, very confident, never disrespectful, but knowing herself. And so I want you to think about that because this is really important when we think about who's teaching us and what are we teaching. So what do we learn from Deborah's story? Well, number one, she's obedient. Not to men necessarily, okay? But she was obedient to God. Do you know how scary that would be to be the only woman with 10,000 men and it's up to you to lead them in the right way so that they win a war? Imagine. Now, I'm not saying it's that she can't do it or that I can't do it or you couldn't do it. What I'm saying is that's a pretty big feat even for a man. So if God's telling you to do something or to go somewhere, despite your fears, you need to listen to his call. Because he has plans that we cannot begin to understand. And the hearts and the lives of so many people may be changed because we heard from God and obeyed. And then we need to be courageous. This is what Deborah was, amazingly courageous. The, the old saying that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. I love that. So God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the people he calls. So it's doing something out of your comfort zone to glorify him, and it can be terrifying. But faith was never promised to be easy. We know that. But we're to be bold. We're to be courageous. And how about this? We're to stand true. Never waver in your faith. We might not always know what the road ahead will look like, but we only need to remember that God will faithfully guide us and lead us on the way. That he's always on our side. He always has our back. He never sets us up for failure. He would never ask me to do something that I couldn't do. Why would he do that to me? And so I can really trust God. So I want you to learn from Deborah's story that we're to be obedient, that if you hear that call from God, and it's scary sometimes because we're like, no, no, there's no way he would be asking me to do that. Then we might want to give it back to him and say, hey, God, here's a prayer that I think you're telling me. Can you confirm that for me, please? And then we want to be courageous. It's amazing how courageous women are and, and how many times, you know, we can feel like we don't, we're not seen for that. But what I've come to find with men is that they love courageous women, and they really stand by them, and many times they will follow them, because men really can be smart, and they have a tendency to really see what truth is when it comes to taking a risk. And so this is important that we be courageous and that we stand true, that we don't resist we don't talk ourselves in or out of something. We don't let other people tell us how ridiculous our idea might be. Because you know what? Even if it is, you still did it with great bravery. And you can be proud of that. So I want you to think about this idea 
of codependency and how, how that interacts in our lives and how much that frustrates God, I'm sure. So I want you to ask yourself, do you prefer teaching? And if you prefer teaching, I want to make sure that you understand how to be taught. Because if you're not able to be taught, you're not going to be a good teacher. And then ask yourself, do you want to lead or do you want to follow? And both of these are righteous, um, both of these are righteous skills. So I want you to ask yourself, well, if I lead, am I willing to take responsibility for the people that are trusting in me? Or am I just using them as a way to get to my goal? So what are my intentions? What am I trying to do here? And if I follow, if I say, hey, I am someone that's a good follower because I like to be a part of the group and I want to make this thing happen and I believe in my leader. Okay, well, if you follow, then do you still maybe gossip? Do you still say, well, I didn't think he'd pull it off or why is she trying to do this or we could have done it different or all this kind of naysaying. So we want to be careful about where we're at. Am I supposed to be in a teaching position or am I supposed to be allowing myself to be taught? And am I supposed to be leading right now, which may feel very uncomfortable for me? Or am I supposed to be following, which may feel extremely uncomfortable as well for me? So humility is the key. And it is required for both. And so I have to be very clear on the fact that I'm responsible for what I teach and I'm accountable for what I'm taught. So whether you are typically a follower or whether you are typically a leader, you're still accountable for that position. And I have to ask myself, am I really teaching the right thing? Or is it just, I don't know, making me feel happy? Am I learning the right thing? So what am I responsible? How am I responsible maybe for what I teach? And I need to be responsible for what I learn. Because many times we learn things from very, what we would think are, are you know, revered teachers. And we think, this isn't making sense. Well, we have a responsibility to say to God, is this correct? Am I supposed to learn it this way? Is what I heard true? So I'm glad that you joined me today. And again, please make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And I look forward to talking to you next week. And thank you again for just working so hard at being the best version of you. You really do bless the world. So have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. 
If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.